This is the ATM at the Minute podcast presented by Fan Fuel Sports. I'm Peter Mitchell here with the one and only Jackson Stover. And today we're going to hit some hoops, looking ahead at the Final Four. A lot of movement going on in the world of college hoops. The transfer portal is nuts. And then we're going to do a top 10 NFL mock draft. Jackson and I are going to work through each of the top 10 picks, um, figure out what we would do as a combined brain. And then we're going to end it off with some impact free agent signings slash guys who have been traded in the NFL who we think are going to make a difference this next season. I'm getting juiced up for the NFL year. How about you? Yeah, we're getting close, and it feels like we're almost fully into draft season. Once college basketball ends, we're like full on into NFL draft season. And I mean, we're already seeing a ton of movement in the top 15. Like this seems like the earliest that I've ever seen first round picks be thrown around to move up a couple spots preparing for NFL draft. So it looks like we're going to have a wild one. This QB class is supposed to be arguably one of the best ever, and we'll see. We're going to talk about it all, but let's hit a little hoops first to start here. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Give us an update on the bracket challenge. Bracket challenge. My guy, Michael Nimick, he is in first place. He's got Gonzaga going all the way. He's a little 50-point lead right now, so it looks like Gonzaga goes all the way. He's got it in the bag. And if Baylor were to go all the way, another friend of mine, Tyler Lovett, he's going to get it. So my friends are showing out, showing strong. And uh, I mean, the Gonzaga Baylor final just seems inevitable. It has give it to us, man, dude. It's it's been fun. And I really hoped that it wasn't just going to be a boring tournament where it's a competition for third place. Who can tie for third? Because Baylor and Gonzaga are in the ship. And that's what it looks like. But I'm glad we got UCLA in there. We got the Cinderella story. That game last night was bonkers. A blue blood is a Cinderella. I mean, it's 11 11 seed. That's pretty deep. It's been a while since an 11 seed was in the Final Four, I think. That's pretty, yeah, that is pretty cool. I want to talk about the games a little bit. First off, I'm rooting for a Gonzaga-Baylor championship game. You have to. It's the only way there's going to be a competitive game. Yeah, I want competition, and I want to watch high-level basketball. Those two should deliver there. But let's talk about USC and Gonzaga last night. I thought it was going to be a much closer game. Andy Enfield was 10-0 against the spread in his tourney career coming into that game. That quickly <laughs> disappeared. Yeah, that wasn't even worth watching after the first five minutes. It was unbelievable. I was shocked. Oh, I want to talk about it because of Evan Mobley. Did that game change your thoughts on him at all? Yeah, if I'm being honest, he was growing on me a lot. And I was starting and- to kind of buy in and think he might not be the DeAndre Ayton or you know Marvin Bagley, whatever the, the, the long, lanky guy that everyone wants to make a top five pick he's seven feet tall. And after last night, I I don't want Evan Mobley on my team if I'm an NBA GM. I mean, Drew Timmy just sunned him the entire game, and there's going to be a lot better bigs than Drew Timmy in the NBA. Okay, so we talked a few weeks back about how we've seen it time and time again that you should go ahead and take the guard over the yes, big. Yes, take the playmaker. Take the surefire guy who can go fill it up. Right, and I'm with you on that. Timmy did son Evan Mobley last night. He just yeah. it took him to work. His huge long wingspan didn't even matter really. But Evan Mobley does do some really nice things, whether it's passing, the face up game, 
Um, he can theoretically block shots, just not against Gonzaga. He just looks timid, man. Like I yes. just see Mo Bamba not and Aiden, and there's not a motor there. Like I, I want to see like some Draymond Green in you. AD. Right, right, and like even I mean Cade and Suggs like I know they're guards and it's a little bit different because they're handling the ball more in key moments but you can just see they command the respect of their team and when they're like huddling up really quick before free throws or something like that you see Cade or Suggs leading the charge commanding the respect of the guys and being the motor being you know the motivator everything like you just don't see that with Evan Mobley he just looks like a guy with a lot of potential that I wouldn't bet on turning into an NBA all-star. That's been the biggest question on him over the last few years from evaluators. Um, one thing about his size, though, I think he's going to fill out once he gets into an NBA weight program. There's just yeah. zero doubt in my mind that will help. But I, I agree. I don't see enough dog to warrant him at number one, maybe even number two. Suggs comes out. Think- I don't think he can go too, man. Like it's ridiculous that people have already written this draft off as Cade one Mobley two. Yeah. I mean, what have you seen that would keep you from considering taking Suggs at two? Like what the hell? Cause he's only six, two, six, three. Like, is that your only reason as to why you wouldn't take him number two? Some of my friends think Suggs could go one or they, they would take him one and I, think I you have should a- consider it. Yeah, definitely do your due diligence. But for me, the shooting is going to be a question. Yeah. Like John Morant is clearly a special talent and going to be a multiple time perennial all star. He just doesn't shoot but, the three good enough. Yeah. If the three comes along, then he's an MVP caliber player. Yeah, I, think, I feel the same way about guys like De'Aaron Fox. You know, they're great yes. and can do a lot. But the three ball sitting around 33, 34 percent, that's just not quite enough in today's game. Right. And Suggs, I think he fits the mold of one of those kinds of guys. Awesome passer, probably better defender than the two guys you just mentioned. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Another guy, Franz Wagner, Michigan. They... I wouldn't touch him with a 10 foot pole if I were an NBA <laughs> team. Like, I know in Kobe's first playoff game or whatever it was, he had all the air balls. But holy shit, man. If you were a Michigan fan last night, I'm sorry. That was tough to watch because. Wagner had multiple chances and missed all of them by at least three feet. Yes. Um, wide open look from three to win <laughs> the game. Three <laughs> feet short. Yeah, it probably would have won the game way short. His second attempt at the buzzer was way closer. I he almost banked it. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and he wasn't trying to bank it, I don't think. I, I'm trying not to take too much stock in these games because we didn't get any kind of breakout from Moses Moody. Wagner was better than Scotty Barnes in the Michigan FSU game. So yeah. I'm like just shuffling around like, who the hell do I, I take think- at six? Now, honestly, jump in after this. Davion Mitchell, like, tell oh, me why sure. him at six. He's a sure thing. Be better that, than that's Keon why- Johnson. That's why I like him there. And you know, at the very least with him, you are going to get a guy that has the potential to make an all defensive team. And he's a guard that can probably switch on to one through at least three, maybe one through four. He's so physical and so strong. So I like Davion Mitchell a lot. Is he better than Marcus Smart was his second year at Oklahoma State? Um, Why can't he be the exact same kind of player, but 
I think bring he could more be. offensively. I think he could be. He's just not the focal point of that team because when Marcus Smart was at Oklahoma State, he was by far the best player we had. And the yeah. game plan was just give it to Marcus and see what happens. And like, that's not, it's not game. quite. Yeah, it's not quite the case with Baylor. But I, I think one big thing that we've seen and a correction has kind of occurred People take way too much stock in the NCAA tournament when it comes to looking at draft prospects. Like we see it time and time again over the last 10, 15 years and not quite as much over the last few years where there's a guy that balls out for four or five games and all of a sudden he's a top 15 pick and then he ends up being a total flop. Like watching that game last night, I was thinking if this was 2008 or even maybe like 2012, GMs would be salivating watching Drew Timmy and just hoping that they can take him with like uh, seventh or eighth pick and he falls to them. I was thinking you were going to kind of tie Davion Mitchell into that because no, sorry, his, I wasn't even going there. His no, no, it's a great point, but his ability to make plays off the bounce. I don't know if it's just gotten better as the season's gone on, but that dude... When he blow buys on his left hand and then finishes with his right hand at the basket, it doesn't even matter that he's finishing with his right hand and should be getting the shot block because he's so damn fast that no one even has a chance to contest, like, let alone try and block it. He's a step and a half ahead of anyone. Like, they are not even on his hip. They are, like, six feet behind him, it seems like. It's crazy. I love I love that dude. I think he's gonna be an impact guy immediately. Um, probably one of the, the higher impact guys. Him, Kispert, Suggs, I think yeah, are all gonna be. Worst case good scenario. I agree. I agree. And I think worst case scenario, you get a really good rotation guy that's gonna come in and play lockdown defense for at least 15, 20 minutes a night. Worst case scenario, Royce O'Neal, best case scenario, Donovan Mitchell. I would agree. I would agree. I think there's a lot of potential there. All right, a couple other housekeeping things on the hoops front. Mike Boyton, seven-year extension. Yes, sir. Thoughts? Oh, I'm pumped, man. Everyone loves him in Stillwater. Like, this sounds blasphemous to say, but people are already trying to put him in the Eddie Sutton conversation. Like, that's how much he is liked Oklahoma State. And I know he has years on years on years on years on years of winning. He's just liked as much as Eddie Sutton. And I wouldn't He's say that, that there's any other coach. Yeah. Not that caliber of coach per se, but in the people's eyes, they like him as much as they liked Eddie and people. I mean, people already like Boynton 10 times more than they ever liked Gundy. And I know it's different sports. Like, I mean, they like him a million times more than Travis Ford. And he's just someone that he'll walk around on campus and just mm. shoot the shit with students. Like I've mentioned it on the pod before, but when I was still in school there, it was his first season and I was going to the student union to like, pick up a notebook or do something i didn't ever go in there unless i had to but i had a reason to be in there and i just passed by boyton you know just walking outside the student union and just said hey what's up coach and he was like hey bud how you doing you going to the game tonight and just sat there and talked to him for a couple minutes about the team and how we're looking and just a down-to-earth guy that he just wants to win and wants to i I think contribute in the right way win in the right way and contribute to these guys that play for him in a positive way that goes beyond just like what he can get out of them in their one, two or three or four years at Oklahoma state. Like he seems like a genuine coach that you're going to play for him for a year, maybe more. And he's going to be a lifelong friend and mentor just seems like a hell of a guy. He's buying out student tickets, giving them away for free to people on campus just so he can fill the student section up, like paying out of pocket 
to get students into the yeah. stands when we had tough years. Just who does that? You know, <laughs> hell of a guy. Two thumbs up. I love the hire and I'm glad Mike Holder's gone. I know he gets credit for quote unquote bringing him in, but Holder wouldn't have been ready to shell out the big bucks to him and keep him around for seven more years. Yeah. Class act. Glad he got the bag. You're clearly happy. You speak for the fan base. A few other things. A lot of shakeup for the Jayhawks. I don't know. Yeah, if what's you heard. going on with this? I saw Tyon Grant Foster's transferring, and that's really been it so far. Tyon Grant Foster is transferring. Tristan Inaruna is transferring today. Jethro Muscadine announced he's transferring. He, he played garbage even... time a few times. Freshman. Yeah, I was gonna say very it's not really okay. Um, but. We got a few guys incoming, and David McCormick had foot surgery. Apparently, he hurt his foot in the Eastern Washington game, so that's a fun fact I learned today. Makes a lot of sense. Anyways, we got Bobby Pettiford Jr., four-star point guard out of North Carolina. Last great guard we had from the Carolinas was Devon Dotson. I don't know. We've gotten a string of guys, Frank, Devontae, Devon, all from the East Coast. And this guy appears to be a dog. So we're all excited about him. Uh-huh. We got a Cam Martin D2 guy put up 25 and nine for his team. Six, nine. They say he's big and athletic around the rim. Looks like Jake Paul. Let's see. Let's see Damn, what he can do. Y'all are really getting this pumped already for next season with the D2 transfers and whatnot. No, we're, we're pumped about Bobby Pettiford Jr. We're, I'm just updating you. Okay. 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 We got a UMKC transfer, put up 18 points, eight assists last year. And then there's a couple other guys. Jonas, I do. He decommitted from Marquette. Not a Shaka fan. Okay. Keep an eye on him. He's from Carolina as well. And then Ty Ty Washington, top 30 point guard that we're in the running for. He's also got OSU. Also got OSU on his list. What happened to y'all landing the Andrew Wiggins and the Josh Jacksons? I mean, I really do think it's y'all too just can't late in the cars year. in the houses anymore. It's well, too like, late in the year. Man, I don't know. I, what you just told me has has not given me too great of vibes for what's going to okay. come next year for KU. I just expect more. Like I expect Duke and Kentucky level from them. And it, it just doesn't sound like that's <laughs> I, what's happening. I think it's going to be a few years before and a, a few sanctions before we get that back. But yeah. I'm just excited about this. Um, Kellen Grady, Davidson transfer, put up over 17 a game. He's going to Kentucky. So that's the kind of guys they're getting nowadays. Does that make you feel better? Yeah, a little bit. But I think that's just kind of how college basketball is going to be. Like, I threw it out at the beginning of the college season. Like, I think the Blue Bloods are dead. And I'm going to double down on that. The Blue Bloods are dead. It's over for Blue Bloods, especially if you can't buy them houses and cars anymore. Like, it's over. What, what, What reason do they have to go sit the bench at Kentucky or work their ass off for a spot when they can come to good old Oklahoma State or... You know, at school like that, that's good enough where you're going to be playing televised games all the time, but not good enough to the point where it's so flooded with talent, you might not ever get to play. Like, it just doesn't make sense unless you're getting $250,000 or your parents are getting a house from Coach K or something. Like, why would you go there? You have a point, and I think there's something to the Ben Simmons, Trey Youngs, Markel Fultz's, Cade Cunningham's of the world to go do that. Completely agree. I heard Tyler Hero talking about this how he was committed to Wisconsin, 
Right. He went to a Nike camp and they said, you're not going to be able to be Tyler Hero at Wisconsin. And that is what made him decommit and go to Kentucky, where he thought, all right, coach wants guys to showcase themselves and make it to the NBA. I completely agree. Guys should start looking at fit more than anything else and opportunity. That is what's going to get you to the league. If you're not good enough to go G League or this new overtime sports route. That's interesting. That's interesting. I know Tyler Hero almost got like murdered by crazy Wisconsin he fans. Said, for yeah, he's getting death threats. He, he couldn't leave his, his house. house. Yeah. yeah. Crazy, yeah. man. Interesting. I would have thought that he would have had more of a more of the freedom to be himself at Wisconsin due to the fact that he's going to well, be they, probably the most talented guy there. I mean, I know that they, they have the, the system. slow and, system, yeah, you yeah. know. They're only like, going to score 55 points a game. I equate it to Virginia. Like, how many top prospects are going to go to UVA and just <laughs> become a fair. lottery pick? Like, it took time for DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. All right. Any other hoops here that we got before we hit a little pigskin? Uh, draft July 29th, lottery June 22nd. Mark the calendar. Let's do yeah, it. Those, those are going to be big dates. That draft lottery is going to be huge for Thunder fans. Biggest night of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, All right, let's do it. Okay, a little bit of football here. So in the last couple days, there has been a pretty major shakeup to the draft order. So first move we had, San Francisco trades up with the Miami Dolphins. They move all the way up to three. They sacrifice multiple first-round picks and a third-round pick to do this. And then after this happens, another move right after that seemed a little bit out of left field, Philadelphia trades with Miami, and they move back down to 12 from the sixth spot, which is where they were at originally. So a whole lot goes on here, and Miami still gains a first-round pick out of this to move back three spots, essentially. And in my opinion, it's a smart move for Miami because you know it's just going to be a quarterback warfare in the top five. So <laughs> to get out of the top five and get some extra assets, whoever you want will still be there. They did have to give up a pick to move back up to six. Yeah, they got think, two from San Francisco. Do you think that was worth it? Like, why wouldn't they just stay at 12? Because they want Jamar Chase. Okay, well... That's what we're doing in this segment. We're going to go through the top 10 of the draft and make our picks together. So that's a great segue. Let's go ahead and do it. Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock at number one. Yeah, this shouldn't take very long. As much as I would love to try and make a case here as to why the Jags should consider Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or someone else, it's not going to happen. Lawrence is the number one guy. I'm not as sold on him being a sure thing as some other people are, but like, there's no conversation here. This guy's going number one overall. As far as prospects go, the surest of sure things since Andrew Luck. So yeah, Urban Meyer's going to go get him. He is, and I, I think Lawrence is probably going to be good, but I've seen enough overthrows and questionable decisions in big games where like the last couple seasons, you think Clemson's going to steamroll everyone and you watch the game and it's like, Hey, is Trevor Lawrence like playing a sick joke where he's going to come out and actually play in the second half? Like what's up with these overthrows and incompletions? It just doesn't look like him. And then you see that in the biggest stage. I mean, he had some bad, bad throws against Ohio state and same thing against Bama two years ago. Like it really left me wondering, is this guy as sure of a thing as everyone makes him out to be? Because 
He looked way better his freshman year than he did his sophomore and junior seasons. More tape on him. I mean, I'm not going to act like I've crunched every single throw of his college career. No, I haven't either. This is just from a fan's perspective of watching him with the assumption he's going to be the number one overall pick and is hyped up to be the next Peyton Manning and all this nonsense at 18, 19 years old. And the other thing that I don't like about him, that video of him playing intramural basketball, man, after I saw that, I I have not seen this. So it's a couple years old. They're playing. I mean, it is like a intramural basketball game and the football team's playing as a whole team. And Trevor Lawrence gets his pocket picked or something. And so, Oh no, this is what it was. Trevor Lawrence gets scored on. He gets angry He tries to pick this kid up full court in an intramural game and then just runs him over because he got crossed. He got pissed off that he got crossed up and then just trucks this kid like actually could have hurt him. And I saw that and I was like, all right, this guy's a douche. Like I wouldn't even do that in an intramural game. And I'm not a quarterback that's going to have everyone in the gym watching me. I've seen you do worse than pickup games. (laughs) Number two pick the New York Jets. So it seems like consensus from everyone in media that Mm. zach wilson is the guy here the last 48 hours i've start to see more people say not so fast i i have not seen anything and i don't know if it's people just trying to zag for content and come up with something different but for a week or two it seemed like consensus zach wilson will go to if the jets don't take him at two they're going to trade the pick like he will be the second pick And I've started to see a lot more mocks and a lot of people with decent insight saying that Sala isn't as sold on him as the public thinks. They're either going to trade it or take him at two. Yes, that is the gist of what I've seen. I wanted to clear that up in hopes that you weren't saying they were going to take Lance, Fields, or Mac. No, 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 no. If they go QB, Wilson's their guy. All right, so what would you do? Do you think this is a good pick? I think we both agree that... We, we didn't like Darnold coming in, and we don't really like him that much now. I don't think he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I completely agree with that. But so, I will say, looking at this draft class, I only feel like there's two guys that I can confidently say are better than Darnold right now, based off what I've seen, and that would be Fields and Lawrence. I'm not sure that Zach Wilson is better than Darnold. I mean, he's had flashes. You know, some of the throws he made at his pro day look great. People love his tape. Apparently, he's got awesome intangibles but i'm just not as sold on him as everyone else is i I think that is where the jets will go i think they will take zach wilson but i'm not sold man i'm not sold if they think that darnold can't get it done i think it's the right pick do you think it's the right pick or would you go position player here and i would not who would absolutely not go position player i think that would be the dumbest thing they can do if i'm not going to draft a qb Okay, I'm gonna move down. They're trading a few spots. Okay, caveats, yeah. If I trade throw back, the caveats in here. Yeah, uh, I would probably go. I would try and trade back to maybe like seven or eight somewhere in there, and I would plan on going best available position player because it's gonna be all QBs at the top. And then if somehow Trey Lance or Fields were to fall to me, I would snag them, and I would also know I've got multiple first round picks coming to me in the future, and if one of these guys doesn't work out that I end up taking, I've got more chances in the future, but just taking Zach Wilson at two, man, I I don't love it, but I think that's the move that in this mock we have to make. Okay. How do you feel about that? 
I'm good with it. Do you have a do you have a position player that you think makes the most sense for them? Because I I truly think going O line. I think they need help good. everywhere. I, I don't think going O line would be a mistake. I think if they got someone like Panay Sewell, you know, if they could trade back and get him, I think that would be totally worth it. Okay. Let's go to the 49ers, the big splashers here. They yeah. moved up to three, and all the talk of the town is that they are going to take Mac Jones at number three. Mm-hmm. It seems like a done deal, and you just hear and read more and more about this every day, and people really seem split on Mac Jones. There's the camp that thinks this guy is awesome. Bama has a pro-style offense. He's going to be able to make the transition seamlessly, and he's going to be maybe even better in the NFL. And then you also have the other side that go, hang on now. He was playing with the NFL offensive line. He had NFL wide receivers. He had arguably the best coaching staff in all of college football, and he's not very athletic, and he's not anything that we haven't seen as an Alabama quarterback before and look at their track record. And I kind of fall a little bit more in that group, but I do understand why Shanahan would want Mac Jones. I mean, Kyle Shanahan wants to play Madden and he wants to be making all the moves right up until communications cut off. And he pretty much is playing quarterback and just has Mac Jones skeleton out there to act for him. And I think that with the system that Jones has been in, all of the things you hear about his character and his work ethic and his intelligence, I think he's the guy that Shanahan feels like he can sit down with and get the most out of doing what he specifically wants. I think of like uh, what Sean McVay did with Jared Goff, except he thinks that Mac Jones is smarter than Goff and is going to be able to do a little bit more with him and maybe make a couple more reads of his own at the last second at the line of scrimmage versus Goff. That's how I'm seeing it here but I I don't get why you have to move up to three for him. I I know he's probably not going to be there at like 10 or 12, but really that many first round picks for Mac Jones to move up to three when you could probably get him like at five, six or seven. I I don't love it. I mean, if he's your guy and you feel like he's going to win you a Super Bowl, I guess go for it. But I just don't get what all he's bringing to the table that Jimmy G doesn't like Jimmy G is a system QB. That's basically Alex Smith in it. And from what I understand, that's what Shanahan wants to do with Mac Jones, too. So well, what what the hell is the deal? You know, I, I people are pushing back saying, well, look at what Kyle Shanahan got out of Kirk Cousins. Look at what he got out of all these other QBs, Matt Ryan. But why do you need to move up to three if he's going to get excellence out of whatever QB they get? You know, and that's where I'm at on it. So I got a few things on top of that. Yeah, totally agree. With the narrative that you just pushed, that he wants the he wants to be, play Madden with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But what happens when the play breaks down and you can't control what the quarterback does? Mac Jones was not taking hits left and right at Alabama. He had it as good as anyone as any quarterback could have had in college football with those weapons and that offensive line. Yeah. So it makes zero sense to draft someone who's not going to take your ceiling and raise it at least three, four, five stories higher. So I think it's got to be a smokescreen. And if they do not take Justin Fields or Trey Lance at number three, that is the most, that is the most ill-advised use of draft capital in NFL draft history. And I may, this may come back to haunt Mm, me. I don't know, man. That just seems so stupid because 
you're essentially telling me that Justin Fields and Trey Lance are uncoachable. Because uh, I don't necessarily think that's it. I think that Kyle Shanahan thinks Mac Jones is more coachable. And that's so that- stupid to me. Like, coachable in what way? They The 49ers get rid of the ball quickly. In- coachable in the sense that he's going to execute everything you want him to when you're seeing the defense. When Shanahan's in his ear and they break the huddle... He has more confidence in Mac Jones than Justin Fields or Trey Lance that Jones is going to execute exactly what he once ran. I, that would be my only guess. And it's so it's so dumb to me. I think I think Mac Jones from day one in that system potentially could be better than those two in in year one. But the did we not just see what Fields did at his pro day? He ran a four four four. That guy's going to be able to move when a play breaks down. He protected the, the ball he was at Ohio roll, State, rolling out to his left and opening his hips up and flinging it sixty plus yards down the field in stride with the receiver. Like the throw that everyone was freaking out about Zach Wilson making. Like Fields went and made the exact same throw. You know, yeah, and. Fields did it in a better conference on a bigger stage. And I know that you don't want to read too, too deep into that stuff, but I like Fields. He's my guy out of everyone in this draft. If I had to take one QB, it would be Fields. But then again, last draft, I thought Herbert would be a bust. So there's a little bit of randomness with this that I really do think comes into account. And when you look at Mac Jones versus Jimmy G, there must be something with They're Mac too Jones. similar for me. I agree, but there must be something with Mac Jones that Shanahan sees that Jimmy G doesn't have. Or maybe Jimmy G's a little bit of a head case, and it seems like a Jared Goff and Los Angeles situation uh, where Shanahan just thinks that this guy's too frazzled and not able to do everything I want. I don't know. There's a ceiling on him, and that's all it is. And the knock on fields is that he doesn't go through his progressions quickly enough. Well, Shanahan's a master of getting rid of the ball quickly, making plays, getting guys into space, whether it's Kittle, Ayuk, those running backs, well, whoever. Look what he did with RG3. Yes. So you, we're taking Justin Fields. The pick is in. Yes. All right, good. That's what I was going to suggest. I'm glad. Yes. He would be so much more dynamic than what they have with Jimmy G or potentially Mac Jones. So... There, there you have it. That's nonsense. Let's go to number four here. The Atlanta Falcons on the clock. Are yes. you getting the guy of the future? If it's me, I am. But the Falcons aren't gonna. They restructured Matt Ryan's deal. It looks like they're pretty much locked into two more years of him. And one more thing on the 49ers. Why the hell are you paying Jimmy G all of this money and he's still on the roster if you're going to take Mac Jones? That's the only other thing I got. Cap-wise, it's stupid. That's so much money that could go other places that would benefit you better. But um, back to Atlanta here, I I feel a lot of the same way. I just don't think it makes sense to draft a guy and sit him for two years or constantly have to deal with the narrative of, is it time for Matt Ryan to retire and time to give the reins to this guy? I, I just don't see it. And Personally, I think the Falcons trade back here. I think someone's going to hit them with a pretty stupid offer to try and move up and get their guy at QB, whether it's the Panthers or maybe even a dark horse like the Broncos. I I, I think that's going to happen. I, I think Atlanta will receive a pretty substantial offer to move down a little bit. Okay, we're going to have to work through this one then. I think the Falcons and the Panthers are in similar situations. Um, that, that meaning they're kind of close, 
They don't really have the quarterback of the future in place. Okay. And they need to find one. So I think you could take Trey Lance here. Most people think that it's going to take a year or two for him. And yeah. hell yeah. Why why, did his, why would that not make sense? one football game in like two seasons. Exactly. So you take him, let him sit behind Matt Ryan. You have Arthur Smith in there who's done wonders with Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill yep. has not had to throw the ball 30 times a game. You take Trey Lance, put him into that system next season, not this coming one. You just manage his throws per game. You let him move around a little bit, get creative with that offense. I think that could be the pick here. I like that. I I don't disagree with much of what you said. My only thing that I would kind of counter what you said with is I think Carolina is trending in the right direction. I think they have young players in place. I think that they have done a lot of good things building for the future where they've put themselves in a situation where success will be attainable in the next season or two or three, depending on what happens at QB. I feel like Atlanta is trending in the wrong direction and they're a little bit of a shit show where even if you get your guy this year or next year, I'm not sure that they're going to necessarily succeed. I mean, they could get Trevor Lawrence and he could be awesome. And I think they could still go six and 10 or seven and nine this season. So I think Atlanta needs help other places, but I also think if Zach Wilson is sitting there at four, they'll take him. He's not going to be no. So, so I'm with you on both those teams. I, I, I think they're both not too far off, but things look more optimistic for Carolina. I think they would be perfectly suited by taking Lance if they were to move up to four. Um, but if if the Falcons didn't draft a QB, where would you go here? Because I don't think skill guy really makes a lot of sense for no this not very good team. I, I agree with you on that. I would probably go offensive line or anywhere on defense. I mean, their defense is pitiful, absolutely pitiful. And if you are going to throw Matt Ryan out there for another season or two, you better protect the hell out of him because that guy can't move more than about four inches in the pocket. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, are we making the pick? Yeah. Let, let's go with Lance. Let's go okay. with Lance because it's going to be QBs in the top here. All right. We're going with our guy, Trey Lance, then. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock, and obviously quarterback is not in play here. Joe Burrow's coming back. This dude's going to be their guy for a long time to come. So we're Cincy here. We're sitting in the front office in the draft room. Are we looking to make a trade, or are we just going to take our guy, Panay Sewell, at five and be happy? So uh, you invest in quarterback last year. You don't put the right people in place to protect your investment. I think you have to go with Panay Sewell, 20 years old, 6'6". He can play guard immediately if they need him to. They just signed Riley Reif over from Minnesota. Reif, I might have botched that. That's all right. Anyways, he has the potential to be a long-term franchise left tackle. So I think that is the pick, but it would be very hard for me not to think about reuniting Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Ah, that's not a bad point. That's not a bad point. But if it's me, I think I pick up the phone and I call the Carolina Panthers and I say, hey, we're going to trade this pick to someone. Fields is going to be gone after this pick. So if you want him, 
give us a first and a second, and you can have them. We'll swap you right now. And I think Carolina Fields? would do it. I think Carolina would move up to five and take Fields, yes. Oh, excuse well, me. We We've got Fields to the Mac 49ers. Jones? Mac Jones would be left, yes. I would call them and offer that. I would offer that to a few teams. I think that fifth spot is probably going to be a QB. And since he can leverage it to whoever is desperate enough and didn't get to move up and take their guy already. Do you think Joe Brady would want Mac Jones? I don't know. Depends on depends on how bad he doesn't want Teddy Bridgewater, I think. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm I vote that we take Sewell. Let's take Sewell. All right. No no trades for the sake of things. Let's keep it simple. I had the brain fart on thinking Fields was still there. Uh, I, I do think in the draft that he will be the one that falls. I think realistically, Fields will be sitting there at four or five, and Atlanta and Cincinnati are going to have to make a decision because the, the line will be hot, a lot hotter for Fields, teams trying to trade up than Mac Jones. Okay. All right. Miami Dolphins, this is where it gets fun for us. Oh, yeah. My Dolphins here. This one's easy. They have been talking about this guy for over a year. It's Jamar Chase. It's you're the, easy. You're that sold. Like, no doubt, Jamar No Chase. doubt in my mind, especially after seeing the 4-3-4-40. Easy. Easy. He didn't play last year. He is going to be so healthy. A year off football. All right? That's huge. That is huge. No Le'Veon Bell here where he's a head case and he's in his mid to late 20s. This yeah, is a guy back. who's... <laughs> yeah. This is a guy who's about his business. And we saw how dangerous he was at LSU. We saw what the guy who was playing across for him did his rookie season in Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase, Chase is going to go nuts. Yep, Chase is going to go nuts. That's where I go at six. Where were you looking? So I'm I'm totally with you on giving Tua a number one. He's 6'1", 200 pounds, just put up the 438. Physical, 20 TDs in 14 games at LSU his last year. And Miami has Will Fuller and Devontae Parker that they can also put out there at the same time. Like Chase isn't just going to be doubled immediately either. He's going to get real one-on-one chances, I think. And I I think he's going to move around the field kind of like Devontae Adams. He's not necessarily going to be this deep threat. He's just going to be making plays over the middle, um, one-on-ones on on the sideline. He can catch jump balls. The guy really can do it all. I think it would be a home run pick for Tua, but man, oh man, I really want to take Kyle Pitts here too. I like that. I think Pitts is a good option. Oh man. I just got me thinking. I just look at the Chiefs and the Raiders and what they can do to teams with those elite tight ends. Gronk in his heyday. That just creates so many matchup problems for teams. And if you could throw Kyle Pitts who's built in a lab, 4-4-4 speed, as you saw today. Yeah. Longest wingspan over the last 20 years for a receiver or tight end. Did you see that? I did not see that. That's yeah. pretty impressive. But I've got one big concern. Yeah. And it's a pretty Health. major concern. Concussions. Concussions, yes. We've seen what that can do. I mean, look at Zach Ertz. His career is pretty much over. And He's just not athletic, really, anymore. As He athletic. lost it pretty quick, but... I mean, he had so many concussions, and after it takes a guy more than a week or two to come back from one, that means they're they're getting close on their time being up. And with how long it took Pitts to come back from his concussion, it made me a little bit nervous. And I know they're being cautious with him, but it lasted longer than just a week. And I'm just 
oh, it makes me nervous taking a guy that you've already seen have a little bit of concussion trouble in college. All I right. hate that that factors in. I wish it wasn't a thing, but I just feel safer about Chase, especially after taking a year off. All right, let's take Jamar then. Okay, let's do it. On to number seven, the Detroit Lions. They're probably going to be looking for someone here that can bite some kneecaps off, right? <laughs> yeah, they need a feisty, fiery guy. And look, look, they suck. They're going to <laughs> suck next season. They just lost Kenny Galladay, which certainly sucks for Jared Goff. But because they suck, I think we got to build in the trenches, build a foundation, take okay. Rashawn Slater here, the tackle from Northwestern. The scouts love this guy. I think he's going to be great immediately. I don't see why you wouldn't just take this guy, build a foundation for DeAndre Swift to run the ball and make things a little easier on Jared Goff. I like that. I was going to suggest maybe Devontae Smith since they lost so much, but I'm with you. I think I would rather go line. So I I do like the wide receiver consideration, but the thing for me is like, what does that really do for them? They're not going to be a playoff team. It doesn't do anything except make Jared Goff a little bit more comfortable. And you probably cut down your chances just a little bit of that being a huge freaking mess that just blows up in your face where you're you're scrambling trying to figure out how the hell you can get off his money after six games because you know he's not your guy yeah i don't know i just i want to sure up the line and build something there let's do it i'm with you i also think that Devonte's draft stock is a little bit all over the place i think he could go eight nine ten range or he could go into the first round Okay, so we take Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, number mm-hmm. nine or number, number eight, eight, Carolina. The Panthers here. I have a guy in mind, but you go first. I think they got to go Mac Jones if he's there really? at eight, and they haven't made any other moves. I mean, I I don't want to speak a ton on the Deshaun Watson deal because I'd rather just wait and see what the facts are and what ends up happening. But you have to assume right now they're out of the Deshaun sweepstakes. And there's Everyone no is. free agents. There's no free agent quarterbacks. They're going to be able to bring in. There's no guys they're going to be able to trade for. They're going to be able to start. So how badly do they want to get a new guy in here who is not Teddy Bridgewater? I think if Mac Jones is sitting there at eight, they don't have to use any future picks to move up and get a QB. I think they do it. I think they would do it. But as I said earlier, I don't think he is. You like Pitts here, don't you? No. I actually no? think Patrick Sertan would be a great pick here. They went heavy defense in the last draft with Derek Brown, yeah. Jeremy Chin, who <laughs> all a, defense. Yeah, exactly. Chin was baller. You go get a lockdown technician corner because in your division, you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. And you lost James Bradbury to the Giants a year ago. Had a great season. That's a good point. Go get a lockdown corner and help out the, that super young defense of yours. Yeah, the secondary was abysmal last season. Yeah. That was probably their biggest weakness. Okay. I, I think it would be I a good I don't dislike move. that. Man, I think if... Oh, I just think if Mac Jones is there, they take him. But I, I think that's the better move. I don't know. I just think maybe they... Pitts? Why not? Why not Pitts here? Uh... I mean, that'd be sweet. They lost Curtis Samuel. They could use another weapon. I they haven't mean, had a tight end since Greg Olson. Very true. Uh, he'd be great with Teddy Bridgewater. 
Is this because you want Pitts to fall to 10 to your Cowboys? <laughs> That'd be pretty special. But <laughs> that's not why, no. I just think I just laid out that division. I think it makes a lot of sense for them, and he could be there a long time. Okay, let's do it then. All right. You've got more draft homework done than me. I'll give you the final say on this one. They go trade for Darnold, third rounder or something. I think it's ridiculous that people are saying third, fourth rounder, maybe a conditional pick for him. If you're a team like Carolina, why the hell would you not take a swing? That's my other thing. If you're the 49ers and Shanahan is so great at getting more out of these QBs than ev- anyone Darnold. expected, go get Darnold. Yeah. I mean, you had Adam Gase operating there. Now you're going to have Kyle Shanahan. That is polar opposite as you can get. Like, why not take a flyer on Darnold, have one year of Jimmy G and Darnold battling for the job, and then if that doesn't work, go get your QB of the future and don't waste a shit ton of first-round picks. (laughs) I completely agree. All right, on to number nine, the Denver Broncos. A little bit of a sticky situation for them because they seem to be caught just kind of in mediocre land without much of a path out of it. Yeah, and I'm going to go defense here. I'm going to take Micah Parsons. Just ran a 4-3-9 at his pro day. He's versatile. He can move sideline to sideline. He can pass rush a little bit. And I think Vic Fangio would love to coach a guy like that, especially in that division where speed kills. Man, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but I like Pitts a lot here too. If you're really going to go with Drew Locke, like if you are going to ride with him and he's going to be your guy, you got to get him some more weapons. You got to get him some more something so he doesn't look absolutely pitiful. Like if you roll out the same offense that you had last season, essentially, because they haven't made a ton of free agent moves or anything, I don't understand how you can expect things to be any different. With So I like it too, and I think he's versatile. You could line him in the slot, out wide. But they took Noah Fant a couple years ago. You're they right. Took they did take Drew Fant. Locke's roommate <laughs> tight end last year, too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I totally forgot about Fant. Okay, let's go defense. Let's do it. Um. All right, we're taking Micah Parsons then. Okay, so now is when you get to say, all right, Kyle Pitts to the Cowboys. That's what you're waiting on, right? No. Number 10 here? No. No? I, He's not your guy here. I was going to take J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. Physical, wow. super He's athletic. He's supposed to be a good corner. Six one, good size. Secondary is trash. They let Byron Jones go. Trayvon Diggs got picked on last year. Go get yeah, this. He struggled. Yes, but he did. Do you do you really want to burn another first round pick on a corner? Dude, did you did you watch their defense? It was historically bad. Everything was historically bad. Like, so, there was nothing good about the Cowboys. All right, let, let's take Pitts then. Let's take do Pitts. It. Come on, give yourself a let's hell go. of an offense. Let's go. We're taking Pitts. We're throwing him in there with Amari, Gallup, and CD. Good luck stopping Dallas. I like it. I would actually enjoy. No, I wouldn't enjoy. You it, would enjoy I, watching it. I kind of enjoy seeing Pitts ball. Yeah, I think he could there. I mean. Look at what they were getting out of Blake Jarwin, you know, Oklahoma State guy, but he's no high-end tight end, you know. He, he's not a big prospect. Like, I can only imagine what Pitts would do. I love it. All right, man. Let's let's do it. 
Jarwin right. and Pitts. One through ten, we have got it in the book. So just recap real quick. Number one, Jacksonville Jaguars taking Trevor Lawrence. Number two, New York Jets taking Zach Wilson. Three, the 49ers are taking Justin Fields. The Falcons at four take Trey Lance. The Bengals at five take Panay Sewell. My Miami Dolphins at six get Jamar Chase. The Lions at seven get Rashawn Slater. Panthers at eight get Patrick Sertan. Nine, the Broncos get Micah Parsons. And then 10, the Cowboys get Kyle Pitts. No Mac Jones in the top 10, although I think he will be come draft day. But any team that you've got in mind that you think Mac Jones would fall to here in this hypothetical? I think Denver wouldn't. I think Denver will consider another quarterback. Drew Locke just hasn't looked fantastic yet. Um, and what I about think Philly at 12. You think? Philly might just say, screw it, let's take him and see if he can compete with Jalen. I think that would be dumb. I think they're stupid in general, though. The moves that they uh, made like the last three years are pitiful. I don't I do like them getting draft capital by moving back. I think that was very smart. I agree. I do think that was a good move, but doesn't it just seem like the Eagles to piss that good move away by taking yes. Mac Jones? Yeah. Let's stomp all over them. Ugh. All right. <laughs> all right. A little uh, free agent talk here, or I guess acquisition talk, transactions. Guys who have moved around, found new homes. We want to highlight a couple guys that we're really excited to see on their new team. Who's your first guy, Peter? Okay. I feel like I've talked about Will Fuller to the Dolphins enough. and I, I agree. Think, I think he's going to make a difference. Yeah, he's like a you know, little honorable, honorable mention, mention. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start with John Johnson, safety coming over from Brandon Slater's number one Rams defense to the Cleveland Browns. I think he's going to ball out. They drafted Grant Delpit last year. Then he immediately hurt his Achilles, couldn't play all season long. That is one of their weak points on defense. He's going to come out and be a stud for Cleveland. All right. They got Denzel Ward in that secondary too and a couple other young guys. That should be a really freaking good defense next year. Mm-hmm. You got Miles Garrett doing his thing. They're going to be nasty. Yeah, if, if you can get a secondary that's even halfway close to as good as the front line that you're pressuring the QB with, I mean, Miles Garrett is a menace, man. He's a menace. Okay, first guy that I've got here. You probably hate this. Carson Wentz to the Colts. Wow. We didn't talk about it a ton. I'm excited to see. Is he washed? Was it? Philly screwing everything up or is it like the special Frank Wright connection? You know, I'm really excited to see how this plays out because he's not going to have hardly any weapons there in Indy. It's not like they have a ton of wide receivers that they're going to be able to dangle in front of them and immediately make him better. That's fascinating. Was not expecting that at all. And you're hundred percent right. We're going to find out if it was Frank Reich or if Carson Wentz is just, yeah. Yeah. Over under on Colts wins with Wentz as a starter. Wow. 17 games, keep in mind. Okay, 17 games. I think they'll win at minimum 10. That's where I'm at. I think 10 to 12 is a sweet spot for them. Okay, who's your number two guy? All right, number two guy. We're going to go with Corey Lindsley, PFF's top center last season with the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Coming over to the Los Angeles Chargers. He's going to go be there under center with Justin Herbert for the next, I don't know, five, six years. 
great move for them. He's going to sure that sure up that offensive line for their young franchise quarterback. Yeah, the Chargers are going to be fun, man. I'm excited that it. I'm excited that Anthony Lynn's gone and they're going to have uh, competent staff. Yeah, that that was a really big pickup for them. It was. I mean, fixing the line and fixing your coaching staff. Hell, if you could have done that last season, you might have won ten or eleven games and been in the playoffs. <laughs> Maybe so. more, honestly. <laughs> there weren't a lot of close ones. Okay, my second guy, Curtis Samuel to the Redskins, and with that, love it. It's magic. I mean, this offense Ooh. is going to look so different compared to what it looked like last year, where you were struggling to throw for 150 yards a game. Fitzpatrick can go throw for 150 yards in a quarter if he's hot like that. That's just how it goes with him. And the fact that you're going to give Terry McLaurin somebody opposite him that's also a deep threat and going to be able to stretch the defense out like it's magic. He might throw Jameis level interceptions this year, but the dude is going to sling it around and they're going to be fun to watch like that offense is actually going to be not a sight for sore eyes over under forty three hundred passing yards. Oh, you're going to have to take me to the glue factory after this for saying, but I'm going to go over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think if they're not good, he's going to throw for even more. <laughs> like if, if somehow he's it's never not been working over that 4, well. <laughs> I don't think he's ever played a full season as a starter. <laughs> Game, no. 11 and 12 and 15. He started 16 games. Career oh, high. Shoot. Okay. 39.05. Oh, he's topping 3905 easily if, you know, he stays healthy. Keep in mind you got a 17th game in there, so. Yep. Tack on 300 yards. Okay. Love that. Yeah, right. dude. The gadget plays they could whip up with Antonio Gibson and Samuel. Who's going to run the ball? Who's going to It's going to be it? so fun, man. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, I hate that they're in the NFC East, but I got to deal with it. Okay. Hmm. I hit my top two. I have some honorable mentions. Give me your best honorable mention. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers for bringing everybody back. They brought. I was going to say, I feel like that's almost the exact opposite of what we're doing here, but uh, okay. We're talking about off-season moves that matter and are going to, you know, they're going to be impactful. Yeah. They brought back Fournette, Godwin, Gronk, Shaq Barrett, Nunez Roches. Everyone. It just it keeps going. They Monte literally David. everyone. Ryan Suckup, the kicker. They are going to be dangerous. They might do it again. They very well might. This isn't one of mine, but I know it's one of your honorable mentions, so I'm going to throw it out there. The Chiefs offensive line. Mm, yeah, I thought about Joe Thune throwing him on there. Kyle Long rocking the number 69 jersey. I'm going to have some and friends then, buying that. Oh, for sure. They picked up uh, another offensive lineman today or yesterday, right? Uh, Someone else. It, it wasn't a marquee Jaron name, but... Reed, defensive tackle from Seattle. I saw that, but I think they also got another center that they signed today, maybe yesterday. Uh, maybe I overlooked that. I don't know. It wasn't a huge name, but I'll hmm. have to check back on that later. Uh, all right, my third and final guy here that I'm excited about, and this one, buckle up because it's out of left field. Deshaun Jackson to the Rams. Whoa. Matt Stafford has never really had a speedster deep ball guy that he could air it out mm. 90 yards downfield to. I'm excited to see. I mean, we're probably only going to get like five or six games of healthy Deshaun Jackson, but I anticipate he's going to have a 70-yard touchdown <laughs> in at least two or three of those. 
All right. I love that. That massive arm throwing it down the field to Deshaun Jackson. It's going to be fun, dude. I'm really excited to see what Matt Stafford looks like. Yeah. I mean, we should mention that at the top of this, probably. It's going to be crazy to see him with as good of a coach as Sean McVay. Yeah. And actual weapons. I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't say that. They had some weapons there in Detroit, but I think the weapons were more a product of how good Stafford was. Mm hmm. All right, I got a few more. I'm just going to rattle off here. Hunter here. Henry and Johnny Smith to New England yes. should yes. help with some red zone issues there. Actually, Cam Newton can get the ball to them, yes. Yes, competent pass catchers for New England is a win. I, I even like the Aguilar move, just not at that price. Um, yeah, I can't get behind the Aguilar one, but I love the two tight end signings, even if you overpaid a little. Okay, last one. I was just going to say Kyle Fuller to the Broncos. They got Ronald Darby as well. Bring back mm-hmm. Justin Simmons. The defense is going to be good. Yeah, they lost A.J. Boye, but I think that was really the only big name in the secondary that's departing. So hopefully Vic Fangio gets the Broncos to a more competent level. But going back to our mock and what we talked about, I think they got to figure something out offensively because I feel like Denver, you can kind of rely on that defense to be pretty steady. But I mean, you lose Philip Lindsay, who was arguably your most consistent and maybe best player on offense. I mean, I know you've got Melvin Gordon there, so it shouldn't be a huge deal. But like y'all got to get Drew Locke some help because the dude does not look good. And if you keep giving him little to no weapons, nothing's going to change. Maybe they I should love Judy, take pits. but I think they should. <laughs> Those guys were injured. Hamler, Judy, you name it. They were all a lot of up them were, year. but Bant. even when healthy, it was rough, man. It was rough. True. All right. You got anyone else? No, sir. Okay. Well, there you have it. It was fun to talk some football. Do we have anything on the docket for next week? No, nothing major. I'm guessing we Ooh. got a whole lot of hoops. Mock draft 1.0. Yes, NBA Mock Draft 1.0. All right, that is coming out next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Spread the word. Give us that five-star rating. We'll be back next week. Peace.